It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Heartland at Noon for Tuesday, August 24th. I'm Blaze Wozniak in for Rob Carney, who's got one more week of vacation, then he'll be back. Coming up on the show today, we now have a date for the upcoming municipal by-election where we will elect a new mayor. This, of course, after Fraser Tolmey resigned as mayor to run in the federal election in the Moose Jaw Lake Center Lanigan riding. We'll get some more information on that upcoming by-election from Sean Slatt. And we hear, we'll hear some of the discussion from City Council last night. That is on the way. It was also announced not long ago that Saskatchewan Polytechnic would be mandating vaccinations for all students and staff. This, after the U of R and U of S made the same decision. We'll hear from Barb Gustafson, advisor to the provost at Sask Polytechnic, in conversation with Daniel McElroy, all about the decision that's on the way. After hundreds and hundreds of unmarked graves were found at former residential schools across the country, including here in Saskatchewan, Moose Jaw sisters Kaylee and Cassidy Olson started a memorial on the steps of St. Andrew's Church. This memorial is now an exhibit at the Heritage Gallery in the Moose Jaw Museum and Art Gallery, with over 250 shoes on display. We spoke with the curator director of the museum, Jennifer McCrory. That's coming up. We'll also get a bit of an update from the Northwest Community Association regarding their efforts to bring a splash park to Regal Heights. They've got some fundraisers underway, and we've got more on that on the way. And finally, the Moose Jaw Warriors are gearing up for the 2021-2022 season. And this is your last week to purchase season tickets at early bird prices. Nick Myers spoke with Director of Business Operations with the Warriors, Jared Schneider. That conversation's coming up. Local weather, we might have some more rain on the way today and later this week. After those two boomers last night, we received 15.6 millimeters of rain last night and 13 millimeters on Sunday. Now we might be getting even more rain this week. Your full weather forecast is on the way. And in sports, we're talking World Women's Hockey Championship. We're talking Blue Jays. And we're talking NFL preseason. But first, it's time for your news. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw, a Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for 18-wheeler truck wash. Open seven days a week. Let the crew give your semi, RV, trailer, or farm equipment the best wash in Moose Jaw, 620 North Service Road. Good afternoon. I'm Daniel McElroy. We've received word that our tornado touched down near a pair of farms near Hodgeville with the extent of the damage still unknown. Environment Canada confirmed this morning that there was in fact a touchdown and they're currently investigating the strength of the twister. Here's meteorologist with Environment and Climate Change Canada, Terry Lang. From the pictures, quite a bit of damage to well, one of the farms. We won't know the strength of it until there's some investigation uh, and uh, you know they estimate the strength of the tornado based on uh, the damage. It does appear it was uh, brief, thankfully. The tornado was the first reported across the prairies since June 15th, earlier this year. Former Moose Jaw Mayor Fraser Tolmey is looking to become the next Conservative MP for Moose Jaw Lake Centre Lanigan. Tolmey points to his experience in bringing better infrastructure and water security to the area, saying he wants to get local people back to work. 
He says he's passionate about curtailing Canada's deficit for the sake of the next generation. If we don't stop the snowball effect, I'm passing on a, a debt load to them that uh, will increase their taxes and affect their cost of living. And so I think that's uh, very important for people that are fiscally responsible and want to provide a better future for not only their children, but their grandchildren. The federal election will take place on September 20th. Raising money for much-needed dialysis equipment in Moose Jaw, the 15th annual Family First Radiothon is set for September 9 and 10th. Broadcasting live for 36 hours from the Town & Country Mall, 800 CHAB will be raising money for a number of items, including ceiling lifts. Vi Raymond, retired RN and board member for the Moose Jaw Health Foundation, describes the importance of these devices. Many of the dialysis patients are wheelchair-bound. The way the nurses have to transport and lift and position patients into the stretchers or beds is very hard. We're also trying to raise money for Broda chairs. They position in many, many positions. Patients can sleep comfortably. It provides a very safe and comfortable positioning for our patients. The Radiothon will be looking to raise $125,000. After a summer of almost no storm activity, Mother Nature made up for it last night with a heavy thunderstorm. The high winds started to pick up at around 6 last night and a huge swirling bank of cloud descended upon Moose Jaw. Tornado warnings were issued in the surrounding towns of Carimport, Mortlach and Parkbeg, but were eventually recalled. Touchdowns were reported, however, in the southwest part of the province. Moose Jaw received a large amount of rain and quarter-sized hailstones. In total, the city saw over 15 millimeters of rainfall. If you want to see photos from the storm, there is a gallery up on discovermoosejaw.com. November 3rd will be the day Moose Javians hit the polls for a by-election to elect a new mayor. One of the concerns brought up by city councillors was having only two polling locations in the last general election, so council approved expanding to four. Director of Parks and Recreation Derek Blay said the Yara Centre is a possible location, but it would come at a cost. Yara Centre would definitely be available. Just the only the implications would be we do we checked our rentals today. We do, it is booked for that evening, so we'd have to cancel rentals. So there'd be a, a loss in in revenues there. The call for nominations will be September 15th, with all candidate nomination papers needing to be filed by September 29th. Time is running out for you to get your tickets for the Moose Jaw Northwest Community Association's 50-50 draw. The deadline to get your tickets is August 31st, with the funds going towards building a spray park in Regal Heights. Vice Chair Craig McLeod says they've raised about $1,500 so far through the 50-50. I mean, ideally, we'd like to be anywhere between kind of $2,500 to $5,000. That's kind of our hope with, with running this raffle. You can purchase tickets by visiting mjnwca5050.ca. And finally, Sask Power is providing a timely safety reminder for harvest season. This due to the increase in incidents involving accidental contact with power lines during this time of year. Sask Power spokesperson Scott McGregor shares what to do if you encounter a downed power line. Stay in your vehicle. If, if it's safe to do so, obviously, if, if it's ignited, it may be a grass fire or something like where it's just not safe to remain in your vehicle, then there are steps to take to exit your vehicle safely. But the most important thing is if it's safe to do so, remain in your vehicle. Give us a call at 911, again, if it's an emergency. But yeah, it's, it's, it's always a good idea to, to work with extreme caution during, during harvest. He says the warning is not just for farmers, but anyone operating heavy machinery. Do you have a story to share? Click Submit News at discovermoosejaw.com. 
And now your Golden West Radio Money Scope with Aaron Rustin of Purposed Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is up 71 points. The Dow Jones is up 66 points. The Nasdaq is up 59 points. And the Canadian dollar is up to 79.33 cents. You Hecklers shouted and booed Liberal leader Justin Trudeau this morning during a campaign stop in Hamilton. Trudeau promised a re-elected Liberal government would help renters become homeowners through a $1 billion program of loans and grants. Meanwhile, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is making an appeal to seniors and working-class voters. This morning, he promised to give priority to pensioners over companies and most other creditors during bankruptcy or restructuring proceedings. There were no fans in attendance for today's Paralympics opening ceremony in Tokyo. The opening ceremonies featured the flags of the 162 nations participating, with judo athlete Priscilla Gagne carrying the Canadian flag. And Newfoundland's oldest radio station is off the air for just the second time in its 97-year history. VOWR's transmission tower was knocked down early Saturday as a rare lightning storm hit St. John's and struck the United Church building, where it's been broadcasting since 1924. Station manager Doreen Whalen has been fielding calls from seniors who are wondering what happened to VOWR's easy-listening music. And that is a look at your national news. I'm Derek Craddock. Now, Discover Moose Jaw Sports. Good afternoon, I'm Sean Slatt. A 12U District 3 girls fastball team made up of players from Moose Jaw, Rolo, La Flèche, Central Butte, and Assiniboia finished second at a showcase tournament on August 20th. District 3 lost to District 2 3-2 in the championship final in extra innings. Undefeated Canada faces Sweden today at the World Women's Hockey Championship in Calgary. Canada won its opening two games by a score of 10-4. Switzerland has managed just one goal in its opening games, which are both regulation losses. The Trial Blue Jays continue a four-game series with the Chicago White Sox tonight at Rogers Centre. The Jays scored a run in the bottom of the eighth to claw out a 2-1 win in last night's opener. And finally, Jameis Winston passed for touchdowns of 43 and 29 yards to Marquis Callaway, and the New Orleans Saints defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-21 in an NFL preseason game last night. Winston completed 9 of 10 passes for 123 yards without an interception. The performance boasts his candidacy to succeed Drew Brees as the Saints' new starter. And remember, we'd like your scores in local sports stories. Fill us in by email, sports at discovermooshaw.com. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. Looking all right out there. It's a little bit cloudy. We're expecting a chance of more showers early this afternoon. Then just a mix of sun and cloud, high of 17. Take a look out the window. Nope, no rain yet. Clearing up this evening. Fog patches developing as well overnight with a low of plus 5. Tomorrow, sunny. Fog patches dissipating in the morning with a high of 19. Thursday, cloudy, high of 20. Friday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers, high of 22. And Saturday, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers, high of 21. Right now, Moose Jaw 14, Regina 16, Assiniboia Gravelberg 13, Rockland Cornac 14, Swift Current 10, Elbow 14, Davidson Watrous 13. Once again, Assiniboia 13, Regina 16, and with the wind west at 26 and the relative humidity at 82%, it's 14 degrees in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. 
Shower activity across Saskatchewan today will be abating as we go through the afternoon. And we'll look for a cool high-pressure system to settle into the region as we get into Wednesday morning. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. The shower activity that is expected to occur today will be rather erratic and light. I don't expect to see much in the way of serious precipitation for the majority of the region. We'll look for trace amounts upwards to around 5 millimeters. The exception, though will be in the northeast part of the province where we will see 5 to 15 and maybe a localized 20 millimeter amount. The precipitation will include the Melford and Prince Albert areas over to Teesdale and southward towards the Wynyard area. I don't know that the precipitation is going to be much more expansive than that, but those areas will have a better chance for seeing more meaningful moisture than the rest of the region. The precipitation is going to wind down as we go forward through the day, so we do not expect to see the precipitation persist much beyond the afternoon. The odds are also favorable that we'll see a nice period of dry weather taking place across the area as we go forward into the night tonight and tomorrow. Clearing skies and a surface high pressure center will settle into the region. We'll look for that to create temperatures that are rather nippy in the morning. Low temperatures will likely slip into the middle and upper single digit readings. There is a chance for a few patches of soft frost in a few areas, but I am not expecting that to translate into any kind of serious crop rain. A new warming trend will likely develop shortly thereafter, and we'll look for the uh, chances for rain to gradually increase again as we get into the end of this week. Friday into Saturday will be the next wetter period of time, and we'll look for a little bit of precipitation to perhaps begin to pop up across parts of the region late Thursday evening. The precipitation that occurs Friday and Saturday is expected to impact nearly 80% of the region, and we'll look for the moisture totals during that time period to run from 3 to 10 millimeters, with local totals in the 10 to 20 millimeter range. The precipitation will certainly be welcome wherever it occurs and continue to improve that topsoil moisture situation. However, there are folks out there who are trying to harvest and so this will be a disruption to that process just like the precipitation has already been here in the past few days. The temperatures will likely be in the upper teens through the 20s most afternoons from now all the way through the weekend. We are expecting nighttime low temperatures outside of tomorrow morning to run mostly in the upper single digits into the lower teens. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner. Time now for your road report, brought to you by Tip Top Roofing, serving Moose Jaw for over 30 years. Call Tip Top Roofing today for your free estimate and 10% off, 631-5975. Road closures, according to the City of Moose Jaw website, there's some CN track upgrades happening on Thatcher Drive between 11th Northwest and Rutherford. That'll be going on until August 30th. Uh, There's also tree removal happening for the next two hours on Oxford and Algoma, right at the intersection there. That'll be finished up around 2.30. Sewer and water relay work happening on August, not August, sewer and water relay work happening on Connaught Avenue between McDonald and Laurier Street, and more sewer and water relay work on Cotto Street West between 12th and 13th Southwest. And that is your road report. It's one of the best business bounce-back stories of the pandemic. When the lockdown was first instituted in March of last year, many parts of the economy took a tumble. Some recovered quickly, the so-called V-recovery, while others struggled to regain their footing. But among those that did rebound strongly was manufacturing, and nowhere was that more evident than in Saskatchewan. 
little over a year after the pandemic was declared, we can now look back and see just how the various parts of the economy navigated the choppy waters of working from home, closures, and distancing. Now we have some context and trending data. The June figures on sales and inventory levels have just been released, showing a national gain of 2% for the month of June and 20% for the year for manufacturing. Here in Saskatchewan, though, the numbers were far more dramatic. The month-over-month improvement was 7.5%. That's the best in the country. The rebound compared to a year ago was more than 60%. Again, at the top of the national figures. I'm Paul Martin. In uncertain times, it helps to have something you can count on. For 25 years now, the Cargill Specialty Canola Program has been providing canola farmers with both peace of mind and an improved bottom line. Our simple five-step program guarantees your end-use market, helping you earn more, aim higher than commodity canola. Set your sights on victory with the Cargill Specialty Canola Program. Contact your local Cargill or select independent retailer or visit victorycanola.com. Tim here with Young's Equipment. Get more. 20% more capacity, 30% more speed, 70% more flex. The all-new Macdon FD2 gives you more of everything you need for harvesting performance. From the company that brought you the original Flex Draper. Call your local Young's Equipment location or visit youngs.ca. Bigger, faster, flexier. Get more with the Macdon FD2 Flex Draper. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. The best way to start your weekend is at Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Every Saturday on Langdon Crescent from 8 to 1. Rain or shine, bring your family to Moose Jaw's Homegrown Market. Mondays are special at Moose Jaw's Hillcrest Golf Club. You can play 18 holes for just $48, and that includes your power card. The Monday special every Monday, including holidays. For more information and to book your tee time, call the Hillcrest, 693-1921. Strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Welcome back to the show. I'm Blaze Wozniak in for Rob Carney. We now know what date we'll be back at the polls here in Moose Jaw to elect a new mayor. With more on that, here's Sean Slatt. Moose Jaw residents will be hitting the polls once again on Wednesday, November 3rd, but this time it is to elect a new mayor. A by-election was triggered when now former Mayor Fraser Tomey stepped down last week. A call for nominations will go out on September 15th, and all candidate nomination papers must be filed with City Hall on September 29th. There will be four advanced polls running from 4 to 6 p.m. each day. The advanced polls run from October 26th to 28th and October 30th. On the day of the by-election, there will be polls set up at the Musha Exhibition Company Convention Centre and Church of Our Lady from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. City Council also approved for two more polling locations that are still to be decided. Councillor Kim Robinson felt adding two more polling locations shouldn't come at a large price tag. We have a, a you know, certain fixed dollar amount, and I think we can add those polling stations incrementally without adding a bunch of uh, extra cost. City Clerk Tracy Whitkey said she would look into options but said it will come with challenges because some locations are no longer available and they can't use school gyms during the pandemic. One of the things we have run into is uh, some of our go-to uh, 
locations that we were looking at uh, are no longer halls to be able to book. That uh, Actually, one has become a gym, uh, a workout gym, I should say. One of the options that was thrown around was using the Yara Centre as a polling location. Director of Parks and Recreation Derek Blay said it is a possibility, but it would come at a price tag for his department. Yara Centre would definitely be available. Just the only the implications would be we do we checked our rentals today. We do, it is booked for that evening, so we'd have to cancel rentals. So there'd be a, a loss in in revenues there. Mail-in ballots will also be available to all voters. Whitkey said they're going to be making a push for residents to use mail-in ballots during the pandemic. The ultimate goal is to have everyone to have the democratic right to vote. So if someone doesn't feel comfortable coming to a polling station, absolutely. We are really going to push the mail-in ballots more than we did in 2020. A hospital poll will be set up at Dr. F.H. Wigmore Regional Hospital for one and a half hours on the day of the by-election. For those in personal care homes, the city will be setting up mail-in ballots for residents at 16 care homes and assisted living facilities in the city. City transit will be free on by-election day. The by-election is expected to cost the city about $60,000. However, the city has $68,000 in reserved funds to cover the cost. Candidates will appear on the ballot in alphabetical order, and Whitkey was appointed the returning officer. For Discover Moose Jaw News, I'm Sean Slott. I can only imagine what's going to happen if a councillor decides to run and then they win. Does that mean another election after that to fill the council spot? Oh boy. I guess time will tell. Uh, Moving on now, the U of S and the U of R announced last week that they would be requiring staff and students to be vaccinated before attending classes this fall. Falling in line with that, Saskatchewan Polytechnic here in town made the same decision. With more, here's Daniel McElroy with Barb Gustafson, Special Advisor to the Provost at Sask Polytechnic. So, Barb, tell us, Saskatchewan Polytechnic has made the decision uh, following uh, University of Regina and Saskatchewan to mandate vaccinations for all staff and students on campus. What led Saskatchewan Polytechnic to make that decision for this fall? Well, we've been uh, following the advice of uh, the chief medical health officer from the province throughout the pandemic and um, and also collaborating, uh, consulting with our uh, other post-secondary partners, uh, the universities and the Ministry of Advanced Education. So there hasn't been a direction given, but there's certainly been a pattern, as you mentioned, where the universities are uh, requiring um, vaccination. And we came to the same conclusion, too, that as we bring students back on campus in order to protect their safety, which has been the primary um, target for um, everything we've done during the during the pandemic, that this was the right decision to make. How is that policy going to be enforced? How are you going to get people to prove that they've been vaccinated? Well, those details are still being worked out. We wanted to get the message out there so that um, um, students who are looking toward uh, coming onto campus and, and also any staff that may have not been vaccinated yet would have time to do that, at least start the process before uh, classes start at the end of the month. Uh, some of the details, we have a pandemic emergency response team that's been working throughout the pandemic and um, they will figure out those, um, you know, the the operational details of how um we would find out if people have been um, vaccinated and uh, for any who cannot be vaccinated, um, how we would deal with that. 
what what might be some of those options that you have for people who who can't or, or, or choose not to get vaccinated? Well, I suppose one of the options could be testing. And um, I think anyone who's ever had a COVID test would say that that's an uncomfortable and um, onerous sort of uh, thing to do on a frequent basis. So um, we definitely want to uh, balance out um, not being too uh, obtrusive in the life of students or staff, uh, but also providing protection for everyone, for the whole group. Now, obviously, it's it, it'll people are concerned with with this kind of sharing that kind of medical data of of keeping it safe, keeping it protected. Um, as as SAS Polytechnic had an unfortunate experience last year with with uh, a, um, a, a not a data leak, but definitely a a breach of their systems. How are how are you going to be ensuring that uh, students' information stay safe? Right. Um... You know, that's something that's definitely being uh, given uh, very thorough consideration before uh, before decisions are made on exactly how this will be done. Privacy is obviously a huge um, issue, and, um, and we want to do it in a way that will protect students' uh, privacy of information and especially medical information. We do... Um, for our students that are in healthcare programs, require vaccination, proof of vaccination for other things. So, for example, before they're going into a hospital, they would have to be uh, have their vaccinations up to date. And that information um, is handled in a very um, sensitive way to ensure privacy. I suspect that this information will follow a similar pattern. Did you, when you were making this decision, did you consult with the the faculty and the students' uh, association? And and what what has been their reaction uh, to this news? They were uh, informed before this information was made public, and uh, we didn't have any um, uh, concerns raised, um, at least not to the extent that would have changed the decision. They'll certainly be informed as we go along and as the details are worked out. How long do you think that this this mandatory policy will be in in place? Do you think that come the winter semester it, it, we might be in a, a better place in the pandemic and and the school might re- relax some of those mandates? I would love to think that by January we will be in a much better place as far as the pandemic. However, I was just reading an article today about the Delta variant and and how it. Um, Uh, sticks to people so much more easily and how it can be transmitted. And, um, you know, at this point, it's just a matter of watching how things go. And uh, we'll have to make decisions, as we've done in the last year and a half, um, based on the situation that's in front of us. Now, obviously, a lot of uh, Saskatchewan Polytechnic's students are, are just coming out of high school or are young adults between that 18 to 30 age range. From the data that we see from Saskatchewan's vaccination numbers, those are the range of people who are have been most hesitant to getting vaccinated and are the most under-vaccinated. Do you think that mandating this the, uh, vaccinations for your students in that age range could potentially affect your enrollment numbers? Um, I think people have made the decision about where they want to, uh, if they're going to attend post-secondary and where, um, they probably made those decisions already for the fall, and hopefully they will see the value in um, in vaccination, both for their studies and for their personal life. 
Um, I do hope that this will help encourage people to be vaccinated. And as you say, especially in that age range where people sometimes feel like they are not as vulnerable um, or uh, just have been busy and haven't been able to get in for a vac- uh, vaccine shot. Yeah, the, the inverse could very likely be true. And, and, and maybe the schools mandating it could be exactly that little push people need to get their shot. I think that's certainly part of our decision to to make this announcement early is that we really want to encourage people. Well, perfect. Barb, those are all the questions I have. Is there anything that we might have missed that you think that we should add? No, um, like I've said a few times, (laughs) um, we just encourage everyone, staff and students, to um, be vaccinated, be safe, and... uh, We will do our best to have a safe environment as uh, people return to campus this fall. I know a number of NHL and CFL teams have announced in the recent days that they'll now be requiring a vaccination proof or a negative COVID test before anyone can enter their stadiums. I'm still waiting on Saskatchewan to announce the same, but for some reason, I feel like I might be waiting a while. Time for a break is next on Heartland at Noon to talk about a new exhibit at the Moose Jaw Museum and Art Gallery. That's next on CHAB. Moose Jaw Co-op is your one-stop summer shop. Whether you're hiding away in your backyard oasis, planning a family picnic in the park, or heading off to the lake, they have everything you need to make a good time an amazing time. Buns, meat, cool, refreshing beverages from their in-house liquor store, and so much more. Oh, wait, did you know that with every purchase, you earn equity and cash-back membership benefits? Be a part of something bigger and become a co-op member today. Come on in and get your summer going with a visit to your Moose Jaw Co-op. Parrish and Heinbecker Moose Jaw, focused on the value, delivery options, and payment terms that fit your operation. This is Aiden McBride, customer service rep for Moose Jaw's Parrish and Heinbecker. Let's discuss the fertilizer market, chemical supply market for the rest of this year, and what next year might look like to make sure your operation is covered. So give me a call to discuss any of your needs or concerns at 306-693-2977. Count on experience, count on expertise, count on Parrish and Heinbecker, moving tradition forward. In uncertain times, it helps to have something you can count on. For 25 years now, the Cargill Specialty Canola Program has been providing canola farmers with both peace of mind and an improved bottom line. Our simple five-step program guarantees your end-use market, helping you earn more, aim higher than commodity canola. Set your sights on victory with the Cargill Specialty Canola Program. Contact your local Cargill or select independent retailer or visit VictoryCanola.com. This is Greg Marston from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. After hundreds of unmarked graves were uncovered at former residential schools across the country, including many in Saskatchewan, Moose Jaw sisters Kaylee and Cassidy Olson started a memorial on the steps of St. Andrew's Church. The memorial is now an exhibit at the Heritage Gallery in the Moose Jaw Museum and Art Gallery with over 250 shoes on display. Moose Jaw's, or Discover Moose Jaw's Daniel McElroy spoke with curator-director at the museum, Jennifer McCrory. 
Jennifer, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit of some of the new displays that you've got at the museum right now? You've been allowed to take some of the shoes and stuffed animals that were set up as a memorial for the um, victims of residential school abuse um, that was up at St. Andrews. You've turned it into an exhibit. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I was contacted by um, Cassidy Olson, um, and and she inquired if we would be willing to exhibit some of the shoes and another um, memorial items that were left. And I thought we would be really happy to do that, pay tribute to those atrocities, that, that history, and to open up discussion. We see our role as educating people on history, what's impacting not only the community in Moose Jaw area, but, you know, responding to the history of Saskatchewan. I think it also by uh, displaying the work, we're creating a space so that people have a place to express uh, their mourning, grief, um, to open up discussion about how to process that history, how to move forward as, as a community together, um, and how to address the, the calls for uh, rec- truth and reconciliation as well. Um, so it, I thought it was a really important um, thing to do. And um, unfortunately, we couldn't put up all of, the sh- all of the shoes and other memorial items, but um, we did get a, a vast majority of it um, up on display. Yeah, I, I know the goal was to get um, 215 pairs of shoes for the uh, 215 unmarked graves found at the Kamloops School. That was the first unmarked grave sites that were uncovered. How many were in total? I mean, I think they surpassed that, that goal, right? Yeah, and I asked Cassidy if she knew how many, and she said that it was just it was too many to um, to count, basically. Um, so uh, there are hundreds, though. Uh, they're definitely more than two hundred and fifteen, and I think we were estimating um, that there was about two hundred and fifty on display. Absolutely, yeah. So this is currently up in your heritage gallery, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's in the museum, in part of the Indigenous history area. That's something, too, that um, we've been really wanting to um, focus on in the museum is is not only presenting um, historic past, but also to present exhibits that speak to history-making in the present, you know, and um, it addresses the history of the residential school system, but it also talks about the finding of the children and you know, the memorial to um, his tribute to the memorial at St. Andrews. So it's great to have these opportunities to bring discussion of history in, in, in terms of present day um, experience as well. Yeah, it marks a really interesting moment, I think, in, in Moose Jaw's own history. Yeah. Jen, is there um, anything you might have wanted to I add? I just thought I'd mention there has been some discussion about the permanency of the exhibit. Um, it does take up a lot of room. I see it up for the next foreseeable future, like for probably at least a year's time, and then we'll revisit and um, consider how to... Um, I still I would like to have some uh, representation of it uh, permanently in the uh, museum, but I'm not sure if we can exhibit the what we have now. Well, moving on to a, another project that you've got going on there, I think this is one that a lot of people will, will connect with, especially if they've ever visited the gallery and, and seen that fantastic bronze sculpture of, of Peggy the Foal in your foyer. You're currently fundraising to try and keep her at the museum. How did she first come to be at the museum? 
Well, she was um, brought um, to the gallery back in 2016 by Joe Fafard. Uh, we had an exhibit of his work um, in the main gallery. Um, it was the exhibition was called Retai, and um, it focused on prints and drawings um, and uh, sculpture work of his. Um, and it was actually an exhibition that uh, toured Western Canada as well. But we, we invited Joe um, and his uh, gallery that represents his work, Slate Fine Art Gallery, to put out a small exhibit of his bronzes because uh, we didn't have his uh, full rendering rendered sculptures in bronze in the exhibition. He put up a small exhibit in the um, lobby exhibition and uh, he brought Peggy. Um, and so uh, it was quite a feat to get her into the building. And um, I guess once we saw the reaction to her, uh, we started thinking about uh, how it would be wonderful to have a public artwork by Joe Fafard uh, for the city of Moose Jaw. There's many cities across the country that have really significant works by him and because he's fairly local you know his foundry was set up in pence and he's internationally renowned um and making you know work about prairie life you know his work is it's it's always been about responding to um the rural um upbringing that he had and wanting to make uh, pieces that to that um, sense of place um, and connections uh, to his rural roots. Um, so even though he, he usually works with animals, they represent individuals to him, and that, which is why he gives them names like Peggy, you know. Um, and we, we actually, he's very underrepresented in our collection. We, we only have um, about four works by him, three of which are prints, and we have a, a small clay piece from the 1970s that actually operates as a lamp. Um, so we don't, we haven't had any um, sculptures, uh, especially like his bronze work in the collection at all. So it, she's a big piece to add to the collection, but um, we, you know, seeing the responses that we've been getting from the community, the board of directors decided that this was a project they wanted to pursue. And it is such a fan favorite. She's such a, a vivid, uh, striking image when you walk in into the museum there, yeah. She is, yeah. She's she's really outstanding example, actually. She's actually um, one of seven pieces. Joe usually does editions of bronze works, and so there'll only be seven of them. Um, there's been six that have been created, so one more will be created so there is a black version of Peggy in Winnipeg and chocolate brown version of her. She's really outstanding. Like the, um, the way that Joe handled the um, powder coating where it created that beautiful modeled light gray and dark gray coat. It's really, she's really spectacular. And she's also uh, speaks to how he plays with, or how he used to play with scale so she's really oversized. You know, she's seven feet tall. And Joe said he created her that big because he wanted adults who stand in front of her um, to basically look up at her, like the awe that you would have if you were a two-year-old. Just it's it's kind of great that that play with scale, um, and so I think that's why she makes such a big impact. 
were holding a fundraiser to uh, to try and keep her at the uh, MJ Meg 50-50. Uh, how's that going so far? Uh, I think it's been going really well. Um, unfortunately, it, it is an online um, auction, so um, it's only possible to get tickets um, online. And so we have had some people wanting to uh, get physical tickets, and so we may have to do that as a separate fundraiser down the road. Um, but yeah, the uh, it's been great to see the uh, support rolling in uh, for the project, and um, yeah, it, it's it's really heartwarming because it really does show that there is community support for for keeping her, and uh, we we really love seeing um, families, um, kids come and visit her, and um, you know, right now we're we're um, encouraging people not to touch her because of the pandemic, and we because we don't want to have to disinfect her. But uh, pre-pandemic, it was great to see kids wrapping their arms around her legs and um, really engaging with her. Thanks to the community for for the show's support with the 50-50. And, uh, yeah, I hope that um, we can continue with various fundraisers so that we can keep her. It, it is a big sum of money that we're going after, but um, I, I think that she's a piece that will um, beautify the city for many years to come. Big thanks to Jennifer McCrory and Daniel McElroy for that. It's time now for us to take another quick break. And when we're back, an update from the Northwest Community Association. That next on the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHJB. Summer's not over. There's still lots of time to enjoy all your favorite summer drinks from Urban Cellars. And with fall just around the corner, they know you can't wait to cozy up to your fall favorites either. For a cocktail perfect for any occasion, visit Urban Cellars, proudly serving all of Moose Jaw. Attention cattle producers, this Friday is an all-class sale at Manicola Stockman's Wick Company starting at 10 a.m. Check our webpage for all sales updates and sales schedules. Watch our sales on dbauction.com. Our fall run has started with feed and tight supply and high demand. These sales promise to have good numbers. Please book your cattle in. Manicota Stockman's is in the heart of cattle country. We're proud of our market and proud of our cattle. Can you do what we do best? Bring buyers and sellers together. Give us a call. 306-478-2229. Discover Moose Jaw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. Cloudy with scattered showers early this afternoon, then a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 17. Clearing late this evening, foggy patches developing near midnight, a low of 5. Wednesday sunny, foggy patches will be clearing in the morning, a high of 19. Thursday cloudy, a high of 20. Friday a mix of sun and cloud with a chance of showers, a high of 22. And Saturday cloudy with a chance of showers and a high of 21. There is a walk-in COVID-19 vaccine clinic at the Musha Exhibition Grounds until 6 p.m. today. This clinic will be offering both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. For all your news and weather anytime, click on discovermusha.com or the Musha Live app. I'm Sean Slatt. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. The Northwest Community Association, they're looking to install a new splash park in the Regal Heights area. Craig McLeod is the vice chair of the association. He recently spoke with Tegan Whitco about the initiative. 
Catching up with Craig McLeod, the vice chair of the Northwest Community Association. Craig, thanks for doing this. I know last time we spoke, you were talking about a potential Regal Heights splash park. This is coming to fruition. You folks have uh, kicked off fundraisers, right? Tell us about what you're doing right now. Yeah, so currently the initiative that we are in the middle of is we are doing a 50-50 raffle for the Regal Heights Spray Park. Um, So people can pay for 50-50. It's running until August 31st. Uh, They can do it on the website, which is mjnwca5050.ca, which just basically stands for Moose Jaw Northwest Community Association. and then they go on there and they'll get redirected into different um, platforms of uh, 50-50 donations they want to make. And yeah, it's running until August 31st. And that's our current fundraiser that we are running right now. So you're selling these virtually, which is nice. You can literally buy a ticket from the comfort of your couch. Um, so how much are you re- hoping to raise with this 50-50? What would be your ideal total of funds raised with this particular fundraiser? I mean, ideally, we'd like to be anywhere between kind of twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars. That was kind of our hope with with running this raffle. Um, if we can do more, great. But that was kind of in that area, in that ballpark, was what we were hoping for. I think we're roughly at about fifteen hundred right now. So, um, so we're hoping that maybe there's just a little bit more of an increase here with the end of the month and then the last week. So we're just trying to get out a little bit more um, awareness for it. Wonderful. I imagine there's different levels of purchasing tickets. How much? Uh, how much do they cost? One for 10 and six for 50 are the two options. $250,000 was the fundraising goal last time we spoke. It's a hefty one. Is that still the, the same cost that you're looking to build this splash park? It is, yeah. So we have different um, ways of trying to access that money. So one way is um, there is naming rights for the park, which is ten, which is a 10-year naming rights. And it, the cost for that is $100,000, which would go towards... Um, most likely building that spray park. Um, so that's a big one that we're looking for. Um, and then over the course of the probably the next 18 months, it's, um, we'll probably run a couple more 50-50s uh, and then obviously just applying for grants and trying to get get some extra funding that way. That's very exciting. I mean, we're starting off with a 50-50, and if we know how to do uh, you know fundraisers right in Saskatchewan, it's definitely with 50-50s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this splash park, if you guys are able to pull it all together, it would basically benefit like 600 kids within the city. So remind us why the association feels it's so important to build something like this for Regal Heights. Yeah, so um, we feel it's important because uh, just based on the location of all the other spray parks, there wasn't one that was really accessible for um, the people around that area. I think the closest one would have been uh, potentially Elgin Park and um, now just the west, um, kind of the wet, the, the new development in West End. They just built the spray park, so those would be the two closest. Um, but again, you got to kind of cross major streets. Um, it's not really walking distance for kids to go. Um, so this was one that kind of fit the bill. We talked with the parks department, uh, and it was just the one where that you know when you're looking at kind of the where they were all located and situated, this kind of filled that hole for for a walking distance aspect for for kids and families. Uh, and it's a great spot because there's already a ballpark there. There's a playground. There's a soccer field, a hockey rink. Uh, so it's just kind of, we want to kind of try to turn that into, you know, a, kind of like a multi-outdoor sports facility um, where, you know, everything's kind of free to use and free to play. And it's kind of a place where people in that area can take their kids to. So anybody interested in, you know, going after the naming rights, making donations, buying a 50-50, where can they find more details, Craig? 
Yeah, absolutely. So they can just reach out uh, directly to us. Probably the best way would be via email, uh, and that would be at um, uh, that would be at mjnorthwest2020 at gmail.com, and that would probably easily be the best way to reach out to us if they're interested in those naming rights or if they're interested in any sort of donations as well outside of the 50-50. Um, we are able to offer uh, charitable receipts for tax purposes now too, so which is nice. Awesome. Awesome. Craig, is there anything that we missed? Anything you'd like to add? Um, oh, there's also a bottle drive, and we have uh, set it up at Sarcan. Um, under uh, Regal Heights Spray Park, um, so they can drop off their uh, their cans or whatever their recyclables off at Sarcan um, and that drop and go and select the uh, Regal Heights Spray Park as an option to put the money towards as well. So donate some bottles and cans or buy yourself a 50-50 and potentially win some money while you're at it. Every little bit makes a difference, I'm sure. Exactly, yep. Beautiful. Thank you so much for this today, Craig. Perfect. Thank you. If next summer is anything like this one, you know that Splash Park is going to be used a ton. Moving on now to the Moose Jaw Warriors. Their first preseason game is set for September 14th, with the first regular season game happening here October 1st. The team is in the final week now as well of selling selling season tickets with early bird pricing. And with more on that... Here's Nick Myers with Warriors Director of Business and the uh, Director of Business Operation. Holy, Jared Schneider. I'm joined by uh, Jared Schneider, the Director of Business Operations with the Moose Jaw Warriors. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you this morning? I'm uh, I'm well. You're brand new to this role with the uh, the Warriors. H- how have things been in your first uh, couple of months? Yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind. Obviously, it's been busy right off the bat. But you know, we're two months in. We're getting even closer to hockey season now. So. Things are things are getting better. It, it feels like it, we're starting to make some progress, which is always nice. But no, we're uh, we're excited to bring the hockey team back to Moose Jaw this year and to play games at Mosaic Place. So yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun for I, sure. I think everybody's excited to be able to go watch hockey in person again this year. It was a long year last year. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, with everything that was going on, so I think there's there's a lot of excitement building this year. You know, there's a lot of uh, maybe some eyes on the team and things like that as as we head towards the fall. So really looking forward to, like I said, just just bringing hockey back again. You're coming in today to talk about. Uh, season tickets because you guys have the early bird deadline coming up, right? Yeah, it's coming up quick and fast. Um, our early bird deadline is this Friday. So a couple days left to get your season tickets. Um, we've got a great price on right now. I mean, it's it's one of the lowest, not only in the league, not, not only in the province, but across the league um, to see some great hockey, see some of the future stars of the NHL. So um, early bird are on until Friday. You can get your adult uh, bowl early bird ticket for just $460 plus fees and taxes. Oh my goodness, for the whole season, that is a, that is a steal of a price right there. Uh, so if somebody wants to get their uh, tickets locked in at that price, uh, what do they have to do? Yeah, very simple. The easiest way, of course, is to just come down to the Warrior office um, throughout the week. You can also do it online too, mjwarriors.ca. Um, you can uh, go over there, have a look. You can kind of feel it out for a little bit. But um, So you can get them online, but the easiest way is just down at the office. Marianne's great at the front. Um, you can sit down with her. You can put a deposit down on season tickets. You, of course, can pay them in full. There's all kinds of options and things like that. And then uh, you got your seat for all 34 regular season games. Fantastic. Uh, get your tickets now because uh, why not save some money? Get them before the early bird deadline here coming up on Friday. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty simple. The office hours are 10 to 5 throughout the week, except Thursday, 
We're going to stay a little bit later just because it's the last last evening before. So you can come down till six. So if you're working till five and maybe you can't get away on your lunch and you just want to come, you want to come by and get them before the early bird ends. We're going to stay open till six on Thursday. Fantastic. Uh, we'll have you in more as we get closer to the season and talk about what we're going to see on the ice this year. But uh, but get your tickets and thanks for popping in, Jared. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Eight hundred C H A B connecting the community. Hi, this is Shelley Howe, Recreation Services Supervisor. The City of Moose Jaw is pleased to announce that registration for the 2021 Fall Fitness Classes, Learn to Swim, and Community Recreation Programs will begin August 24th. You can register online at moosejaw.ca, on the free city app, or in person at a city rec facility. We're seeking additional program leaders. If you're a community-minded person with a passion to share your talents in fitness, crafts, cooking, or other skills, we'd like to connect with you. Submit your proposal and any applicable qualifications to recreation at Moose Connecting the community. Brought to you by Ottawa Real Estate. Providing honest service for all your real estate and insurance needs. Locally owned since 1910. Minute Muffler Brake and Wheel. For complete automotive service and maintenance, call or book online at mjminute.ca, corner of High Street and 2nd Avenue Northwest. And Community Service Radio, 800 CHAB. The Farm Stress Line is run by people who know farming is full of uncertainties, and that uncertainty causes stress. When it starts to get to you, it's important to deal with it as quickly as possible. If you're having trouble sleeping, feeling depressed, anxious, or having suicidal thoughts, call the Farm Stress Line, free and confidential, and well worth the call. 1-800-667-4442. 1-800-667-4442. Cornerstone Christian School is having a seat sale. New students who apply by August 30th can receive 50% off their 2021-2022 school year tuition. Some conditions do apply. Call 693-2937 or email admission at ccmj.ca. Tuesdays are for seniors at Great Canadian Oil Change. Anyone 60 and over can save $5 on a conventional oil change or get 10 bucks off a semi or full synthetic oil change every single Tuesday at Great Canadian Oil Change. Do you feel like you're missing out? Well, don't miss out anymore. Find out what's going on in Moose Jaw with discovermoosejaw.com. Check out the weather for the week. Enter to win amazing prizes or see what people are buying and selling near you. All online. Your connection to Moose Jaw. Anytime, anywhere. Only at discovermoosejaw.com. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Welcome back. We have to end the show today with some bad news as we lost another rock icon earlier today. It was announced this morning that Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts has passed away at the age of 80. No cause was given. Watts, who he had been with the band for over 50 years, he recently pulled out of the band's post-pandemic tour, saying that he had to recover from a recent successful medical procedure. We'll end the show today with a song that features Charlie, of course. This is The Stones with Miss You. I'll be back tomorrow on the morning show. Make sure you tune in for your next chance to qualify for 15 weeks of winning.
for the best of Carney's comments. She inspired me on a day when I needed a boost. The timing could not have been better. You see, we're keeping up with modern technology at this radio station, which went to air 99 years ago. We've got the computers, four screens and two keyboards in CHAB control. We keep an eye on several email accounts, along with social media, and, of course, our website, discovermoosejaw.com. Today, we've added the Moose Jaw RVM Marine text line. The number is the same as the Moose Jaw RVM Marine contest line, 6938000. So, yesterday, just minutes before my first training session on Zoom, I was visiting with Mary McFarland Sefton, a Saskatoon senior, a member of Grandmothers for Grandmothers. She was inviting us to their virtual variety show coming up this week. Mary told us we can find more information on their website, on Facebook, and on Instagram. I commended her for keeping up with technology. and It's a challenge, but it's good for our gray matter to keep learning and exploring new possibilities. Thanks, Mary. I needed that. I'm Rob Carney.